This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Hi, Zach Jones. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm a little bit upset. I'm sorry to hear it. Um, do you know that podcast, uh, uh, Blood Origins? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd actually heard you on there uh, at least once. I've been on there a few times, and most recently, the last time, I was taking issue with a, a, a company called a land trust you know about that company okay yeah well i, I know about them uh, i've heard you talk about them some yes the leasing group yeah, yeah. So everything i do with hunt quietly and with the other nonprofit that i'm uh in the leadership with montana hunters for access or is devoted to publicly accessible non-pay hunting okay um, yeah so anything that goes against that I am opposed to. And so I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good, I had a pretty good relationship with those guys, but now they're advertising for land trust. I just, what origins is. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, I know what, like I said, I've heard you on that, on that podcast. I think it was only one time to be honest, but I know you, I think you talked on that podcast about, uh, the issues with land trust. Well, then if so, then it was have been the most recent time I was on. Yeah, it was uh, from God, April of 21, if I remember right. The, anyway, the, the, the more the reason the reason I think of them is particularly audacious is because they affect my other my other effort. Like Hunt Quietly isn't a nonprofit. We don't even we don't take in well, yeah, we're a nonprofit in the sense we take in zero money. Sure. Yeah. The, we, my little, our, my little team loses money. You know, we have no, we don't take in any dollars. Right. Um, Montana hunters for access takes in dollars, but we still lose money there because every single penny goes to uh, supporting the block management program. You know what the block management program is? Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with it. We have something like, insofar as i understand block management we have something similar here in what's, iowa okay but, uh, what's the name of your program there uh deeply driven outdoors no 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 the public oh, asset sorry brain fart uh yeah no it's ihap iowa uh habitat access program okay um good to know i've been trying to reach out to representatives of every one of these little access programs yeah that i can be. find because i think of them as it is critical to the future of of publicly accessible non-pay hunting if there is to be a future which i'm kind of pessimistic that there is but if there's going to be they could play a part so sure. um I, iowa habitat access program uh, right typically right i have yep go ahead At access program. Um, I'm I think I'm getting close to having somebody on from a, there's a little program in Wisconsin. I just found out about that does something Yeah, that compensates landowners for allowing people to hunt. So yeah, we have this, our flagship programs, this block management program. Yeah. And uh, they had, there's at its peak, they had 7 million acres. It's down to 6 million acres enrolled now and they compensate 
landowners for allowing public hunting. Uh, the dollars come through hunting license sales. And um, this land trust group has been uh, has been instrumental in causing more and more places. They've only been around for a few years, more and more places to leave block management and go into to land trust. Um, so sure. where are you at on pay hunting? Um, you know, if I'm being completely honest, it's not something I've formulated a strong opinion on at the moment. Uh, I actually only, it only entered my purview upon listening to hunt quietly. Uh, we had some prior interactions uh, about a month ago or so, and I started listening to some of your podcast episodes at that time. And then you kind of listened to, uh, listen to you talk about block management in the case of Montana, as well as land trust. And, uh, the jury's still out, but what you're saying is making sense. I guess it's not uh, it's not something I formulated a really strong opinion on at the moment. Do do you but pay haunt? No, no. We uh, we don't have a lot of public hunting ground in Iowa. I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're one of the lowest states percentage wise for public hunting. But uh, there's a lot of small small parcel private ground that you know somebody knows a farmer. Somebody grew up with uh, you know, the farmer's kid or whatever, you kind of get access that way. Or public hunting. We do have some, but it's not uh, So all not your hunting is, is either public land or uh, through relationships with landowners? Correct, yeah. And I'm sure we have. We're a big whitetail state. I'm sure we have plenty of leasing here, but no, no, that's, oh, that's yeah. a little rich for my blood, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's... You have a but, ton yeah. of it. I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but okay. personally, though, yes. No, I don't. I've not, uh, you know, paid to lease any ground or anything like that. Uh, okay. So the reason that we got acquainted is because I, I uh, went on Ben O'Brien's podcast, and then uh, after that, I wanted to see what people were saying about it, and like, I get. I get pretty hurt feelings when people are saying negative things about me because I could think of myself as a, is a like good intentioned person with a big heart. And I think that what I'm trying to do and what I'm saying is coming from a place of concern for the hunting community. Um, and so I was looking at some of the more dis I was looking at some of the disparaging comments I was getting yeah. on Ben on Ben's uh on Ben's Instagram about about me and which is something I shouldn't be doing. We have our own Instagram we have our own Instagram account now, um, the Hunt Quietly Instagram. And like yeah. I I uh just I I just I just had the guy that's running it uh change the the password to it and and block me um and it was uh like being released from the grip of a of a madman <laughs> i did it, did it for your own benefit kind of a thing yeah yeah it was, okay it was, it was it was incredibly incredibly destructive for me yeah. i was checking the comments every sometimes every five minutes like after we would post something i would refresh it and look at it every every yeah. five minutes and it was it was getting it was getting it, it was getting pretty perverse so um uh, 
I really have no business looking at hunt forums and, and what people say about me because it's just not, it's not healthy for me. Um, I, I know that it, I guess it, it, what the most disappointing thing is, is that I'm trying to affect some real positive change. And when I see that people are so upset by my perspective, it makes me realize that I don't think I have a very good chance of affecting positive change in the first place. And then I look at that and I say, oh, well, yeah, there's not even really anybody behind, or there's a lot of people that are nowhere even close to behind me, or they don't even think that I'm arguing in good faith. And so sure. what, yeah. what, what you said, uh, in the exchange there was, let's, let me see if I can pull it up here. Yeah. Yeah. I should have had it up already. No, yeah, it's okay. Um, you can paraphrase if you want. Oh, here it is. Man, the last time Matt's silly viewpoints were circulated in the main, mainstream, he made some pretty ridiculous points. But I'll listen to your pod tomorrow, you being Ben. I'm right. Yeah. Um, and see what he has to say so i guess i'd like to start out by figuring out what 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 points i was making that that struck you as ridiculous yeah um so i think i'd said my my last email to you that upon oh yeah further, I mean, but nobody's gonna know about that so let's just pretend sure. that the, yeah oh yeah i mean i don't know that uh i would use the word silly or ridiculous to describe your viewpoints now um i think kind of my updated views. Um, I might say I, unnecessarily negative. I think I'd also said that you'd want to talk about uh, the way that I worded it was I'm not 100% convinced you don't have a, a tilt towards self-interest. Um, silly, I don't think is, applies really. Uh, like I, said, I think you're a, a smart guy with a, with a lot of well-thought-out views, um, some of which I would disagree with but uh yeah i mean for your sake and for the sake of your listeners you know i i wouldn't say uh that you're silly or ridiculous yeah uh, yeah so what 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 ideas or beliefs that you were aware of of mine uh were struck you as most that you disagreed with most sure sure um i I struggle to, I guess, personally, I struggle to see how hunting continues to survive if you don't have R3, uh, you know, going forward in the future. I know we've, you've been on a lot of podcasts and talked about that before. Um, so if we don't I, have, I think, if we don't have nonprofits promoting hunting, you think hunting will go away? There's a potential for it in the future. Um, I was looking at, you know, a little bit of research. I think the survey from 2016, it was like the, the fish and wildlife, the hunting and fishing sports survey that I, <clears throat> I have the name of it here, but I'm not sure offhand. Are you familiar with the one I'm talking about? It was referenced in outdoor life. Um, the outdoor life article surveying the age of hunters and hunter participation, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
in that article, it was saying that there's 60% of hunters were 45 years or older, you know, 38% were over 55. And I have a bit of a concern that once those hunters age out, especially without some kind of a R3 effort or promotion, you might say, um, I'm, I'm personally not sure how hunting would continue to survive afterwards just not before that we know it, you know. There's not enough interest in society without the nonprofits trying to generate interest in it. Yeah, possibly. Um, there's been kind of a, a shift over the last several decades towards urbanization. Um, so I don't know if hunting falls in people's purview as much naturally. Uh, also, over the last few decades, there's been more and more fatherless homes, I think, in traditionally not in every case, but traditionally you see uh, people get into hunting from their father, you know, their dad teaches them or they grow up with brothers teach them, or, you know, maybe the neighbor's dad, what have you, you know, takes the kids hunting and they get into it that way. So that's an issue that I would see getting in the way of hunting, continuing to, to be passed on in the traditional way, I suppose. Yeah, I'm not against R3. I'm against you, uh, but you can't be for the three R's in my viewpoint. Okay? Yeah. They're, they're, they're internally contradictory. If you're, if you're for, if you're, if you're for, um, recruitment, making people in, which is a big piece of that in my mind is making people that are not interested in hunting, want to become a hunter. If you're doing that, and if you're trying to get people that got sick of it and quit that's i guess the reactivation part. yeah then those those things go against the r that i'm for which is retention so sure. i i'm not against i'm not i, I don't think i just i would re, i reject on its face that anybody's r3 it's not possible you're either r1 or you're r2 and i'm r1 so i was hearing one of your podcasts i think it was a hunt quietly episode it might have been the data episode uh 30 episode number 37 or yeah, something like that it would been loss you know? yeah yeah i was listening to that recently um it kind of went over a little bit of the information detailing that uh and forgive me if i don't quote everything exactly but just dealing with hunters obviously don't like to be overcrowded and that takes away from a hunter's experience of, of enjoying the hunt um i haven't heard a lot of people say that they would quit hunting as a result of overcrowding, I'm sure that they exist, but that's why I'm not sure about uh, R3 conflicting kind of in the way that you framed it. Yeah. I, and I really don't give a, I don't really care if people quit or, or don't quit or if there's more or less, I don't see, I don't, I'm, I'm not concerned about there being more or less hunters. What I'm concerned about is the net satisfaction that hunting brings to society brings to society and i believe that uh so we've reached a point where adding more people decreases the enjoyment that hunting brings society yeah i i, I can agree with that some i mean I, nobody wants to go to a trailhead or a parking lot to a public hunting area and see a shitload of trucks there um I guess, yeah, I mean, nobody's really a fan of overcrowding. I guess I would see it as kind of a, a side effect versus a, a, a problem in and of itself. 
Um, uh, what you see, what is a side effect? Overcrowding. A so side effect of what? Or well, I, I suppose you could say R three or promotion of hunting. Mm-hmm. It's something that it's you know it's something. Yeah, that the main thing they're going for is making money. Um, yeah. If they could make the money without there being more hunters, they'd be down with that. But because these people, like the people that are involved in R three and the people that are involved in hunting entertainment. And pro and the hunting industry, yeah, they all want more. They want all, all. They don't want more hunters. They want more dollars. You know, they're kind. They're kind of a lot of them are hunters, so they don't want. It's just a. It's a negative side effect, but they get around it. They get around it. They they fly to f- remote filming locations. They put in for special draw tags all over the place. They hunt their friends and fans, fa- friends and fans, private ranches. So they get around it a little bit, you know. But sure. they don't. They don't want more hunters. They they want more money. And they, and then they, 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 they are willing to make there be more hunters for them and for everybody else. So they can make more money. Yeah. Do you think that applies to everybody that has been involved with R3 or promote? Well, I say R3, but, uh, the promotion of hunting in general. That I I've hunted with hunting celebrities and, um, I've never seen a pattern of them being more happy to see people fuck up their hunt than other people. Matter of fact, some of the people that I, some of the people that I've hunted with that are most disappointed when they realize that there's somebody ahead of them when we're stalking something or that there's a camp near ours, what have you. Um, some, some of the people that I know that get most upset by that are people that make hunting entertainment and promote hunting. So it's not, it's not like they're, it's not like the celebrities and the nonprofits and the industry folks are bringing people in because it's like some concern for the future of hunting or some uh 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 uh, virtuous thing where they just want to share this wonderful pastime that they found no they bring people in to sell stuff you think that there might be a it might be complex for them there might be a multi-layered reason to get people into hunting i mean i I can understand where they would want to make more money but do you think that may also be part of them that does want to see more people in it for the right reasons I, I, I've never, I've never met anybody that was at all into hunter recruitment the day before they started making money off of it, you know? Sure. So if, if it was like a, if it was a, if, if it was a, something they did for some other reason, then it's awfully coincidental that, that, that their, their interest in, in bringing more hunters into the world coincided so much with, uh, coincided so closely with them beginning to make more money from there being more hunters in the world. Yeah. I guess I, I don't personally know any hunting celebrities, so it's kind of hard for me to judge their, their motivation that that very well could be the case. You know, I mean, where, 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 the best thing they could do, anybody could do if for a newbie is tell them exactly where to go, you know? So why in the world? Like, I think that if, if you, if you want more hunters, you're a hunting celebrity, you want more hunters, you're a nonprofit guy. You want more hunters, um, or gal. Um, the biggest problem is finding someplace good to go. So if you got a good place, why not give people the GPS coordinates? Yeah. I don't know if I'd go that specific myself of trying to get somebody else into hunting, but you know, there's state resources, uh, that show public hunting. I might direct personally, I might direct a new hunter in that direction, but you know, I don't want to speak for or three nonprofits and hunting celebrities, I suppose, but I, all these people will give it, will do the, the easiest part for you. 
They'll do the easiest part. They'll yeah. give they'll they'll drown you in how to content, which is like I've like read one hunting hunting book in my whole life or two. They were both yeah. on, on elk hunting. Like my I, I learned how to hunt from my dad, but it's not like I learned it. I knew everything I needed to know by the time I was maybe eleven. You put some spikes in a tree and then fix this platform up there and sit there till the deer comes through. And yeah. if you, put, you put apples on the ground, it makes it like more likely that they'll come by probably, you know, pull back yeah. this string with this knocked shaft and some feathers attached to it. And, and it'll, if you aim it right, it'll, it'll puncture the animal and kill it. It's like, you know, they'll give you the easiest part. They'll do, they'll do the easy part for you. They'll, they'll give you all kinds of how to, to content. They'll sell it to you. Uh, but they don't do anything. They don't do anything um, non-trivial to make it so that you got some good, where good to go. You know, that's yeah. my, that's my perspective on it. Well, I, I would like to see, it'd be interesting if more of these hunting media outlets did actually advocate for uh, more conservation so that you did have a place to go um, on the how to content. Oh, I'm, I'm more than cop. I mean, they'll say they'll they'll make nebulous claims about conservation all day long. Like to a lot of these hunting brands, conservation means putting a a, a game cam on your property to monitor how big the bucks are getting. I mean, they don't say anything about access. Most of most of these folks are very, very, very little because yeah. I mean, with a lot of these brands, they're 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 terrible for access. A lot of these brands take the money we give them and. And for gear and clothes and stuff and then they buy ranches for themselves like they're the opposite of being for access they're anti-access which sure. is the hardest thing to get in america today if you want to hunt is a, access to a good place you know so yeah, yeah they'll you know but, they'll they'll be all about our three mentorship how to you know but nothing not very 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 little about the biggest problems facing hunters and in the United States today, if it, you know, if, if anything, but yeah, these. it would be good if they did, if they did share uh, a lot more about that stuff rather than just the how to's. Um, I, I had a little bit different entrance into hunting. I've been hunting since I was 13. It was my first hunt. I've been fishing for as long as I could hold a rod, but um, my dad doesn't hunt. He's, you know, never been into it. It's just not his thing. He would never describe himself that way. Didn't have any brothers growing up. So my entrance to hunting was my uncle took me out you know, a few times. Um, didn't really have a lot of like a hunting mentor or uh, anyone to kind of show me the basics or the how to. So for people, I don't know for people in my situation, I guess I might say that there is a little bit of value in the how to content doing it, you know, how to do it better. Um, I'm not saying there's no value, mentor, it, you know, it's like, it's, the, it's, it's, it's laughably overrepresented. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I could agree that they talk about the how to more than advocating for places to give people to hunt. You know, I know that that's, that's an issue you've talked about a lot is um, a lot of these outfits that promote hunting don't ever uh, advocate for places to actually get people to go out and hunt, but or do anything for it. Yeah. You know, they just like to like be the big man that's, showing you how the ropes you know sure and, and selling you their how-to course and their elk hunting boot camp yeah well what it's would you like to I, i'd like I, i'd like to i'd like to see them 
engage seriously in something in in in, in access work. Yeah. So let, um, um, but uh, and I can I'll tell you what I think that looks like. But I want to I want to sure I want to I want to ask you what serious work on access would look like. Um, but I want first I want to ask you about. I want to get a sense for why you think that my my going on podcasts and having a podcast and having an Instagram page uh, is an embodiment of me. It's all driven by a self-interest. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's all driven by a self-interest. I think we're starting to get into the... Go ahead or partially yeah everybody's a little bit self-interested right like i mean i myself am not an altruist um but i think i was starting to get into earlier about the age of hunters declining um i think that enriching your current experience now right so getting rid of the other two r's like you talked about and just worry about the enjoyment of your hunt now gives me a little bit of concern that may and it sounds dumb because i know that you you're a hunter you hunt a lot that but it sounds like maybe you're not as concerned with the future of hunting after you know some of the older hunters have aged out more concerned with the ones who are hunting now enjoying their experience versus putting new people into the fold it's the way it's is the way i've heard it i'm not saying that that's the way that you are but it's the way that i've heard it i guess Oh, okay. Um, well, it to be for, for the self-interested bit, let's just confine that to me. Like I'm like, sha la 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 live for today. You know, this is, is how you somewhat in a tiny way or a moderate way, whatever, see me, my stance. Um, so there was a time when I didn't care if hunting continued into the future. And that was not that long ago. And it was because I thought that if it didn't, it would be because it was something that society didn't value. And I could live with that if if society decided that uh, we really should look out, uh, we should really not be hunting these animals, 90, something like, I say this a lot, 96% of animal biomass on the planet is now humans and their livestock. You could see if doing away with this antiquated thing we call hunting. Sure. But the reason... I'm speaking out is because I didn't want it to die for the reasons I think it's going to die. And the reason I think it's going to die is because of people commodifying the shit out of it and trying to develop a public persona for themselves around it. So it's going to die. Like this thing that I've devoted my life to is going to die due to like commercialization and, and being bastardized. I, I didn't want it to die because it lost its integrity, you know? And the way it would die from commercialization, that harkens back to 
the land trust buying out uh, block management stuff like that is that kind of what you're referencing there yeah they've just become we've become like europe yeah where uh the public land is ridiculously overcrowded and it drives all the the animals onto private land and all the good opportunity is is uh for the people that have the most money to spend on it and that i think that's what's destroying it that's what's been destroying it my whole life and i think that's what will destroy it um like the self-interested bit like i'll say this um i have no kids i have a very good income and i live in a place where the cost of living is quite low if I wanted to lease hunting land for myself. I could afford that quite easily. Uh, I'm spending 20 to 30 hours a week on hunt quietly and on Montana hunters for access. It's incredibly taxing on my time. If I wanted to, if I was just concerned about me and my own hunting, I could, instead of working on hunt quietly stuff, I could have been, or fishing, I could have been out ice fishing this weekend and last weekend and the weekend before. I, uh, could, instead of putting all my time into this, I could, I, I'm, I'm, I have a lot of technical skills. I could be moonlighting in the tech industry and making some more money to, so I could lease an even bigger property. I'm a very, I'm very, very resistant to the idea that I'm operate that, I, that what I'm doing here is for my own self-interest. Sure. And what, I, so I, I would, I want to, I want to get your perspective. I want, uh, I want you to tell me what you're doing to help help with i'm putting in 20 i'm putting in 20 or 30 hours a week for what i think would do the best to make the i'm devoting my efforts to what i think would make the biggest impact for non-pay high quality hunting 20 or 30 hours a week so zach i just yeah, yeah i want you to give me i want you to tell me what you're doing yeah, no, I mean, you're probably doing more than me in that regard. Um, I guess my comment came from a place of considering for the future. Uh, I mean, yeah, help me out. What you, what are you doing for the future? I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what you're looking for here. If you're looking for a are you volunteer doing time, I think. Yeah, any but, of that. Any of that. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit I could do a, quite a bit more for, for conservation. This has been kind of a, a journey a journey for me in a lot of ways um, arriving at a place where I even understand conservation. If that's uh, if that makes any sense, like I said, I didn't have a, a hunting mentor or anything like that. It's only kind of come into my, my scope over the last few years, if I'm being honest with you. Um, so I've done, you know, I've, I've donated a little bit of money here and there and I'm hoping to, to do more volunteering, but honestly, I, yeah, I could probably wind up doing quite a bit more, honestly. What about access? What have you done for access? Yeah, I mean, so far, honestly, I, I said I could, I could do more. Um, I haven't really done a whole lot in the way of um, access. I'd be interested to learn about opportunities. Yeah, well, you that I could, you that could I could personally help see, with. You know, you could start to see where I scratch my head a little bit about the self-interested part. Sure. No, and I, I'm not given yeah, everything I, that I'm doing. Yeah. I didn't mean for that to come across as if like you do nothing 
and you're wholly self-interested. I think self-interest lies on a spectrum a bit. Um, I understand what you're saying. I, I think what you're doing for, for access is great. Like I said, I'm sure. I, in my job, my, and I, and I'm a, I work as a, I work, I work on habitat for a living. Right. I'm a research yeah. ecologist. I, 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 I have a full-time job that I, that I donate a lot of my time to beyond 40 hours a week. Yeah. Trying to improve, trying to address fucked up land. Yeah. And that, and that's an important job. I mean, again, I, I don't think that you're wholly self-interested. I was just, uh, I'd say I'm less self-interested than most hunters. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that's, you can make a case for that. Sure. Based off what you're, what you're saying. Um, and that's why um, I'm, I'm interested to talk with you some, because I, I can only make assumptions based off of what I hear from you on podcasts or see from uh, Instagram or what have you. It's interesting to get a little bit of perspective talking in person. Yeah. You know, uh, so I want to, I want to ask, so this is the problem that I see. This is the pro this is a big problem that my group sees. And I'm, you're a lot younger than me. And when I was your age, I didn't do anything either. I'm 52 yeah. years old. And up till the time I was 45 years old, I did nothing outside of my job to give back. Sure. And, and I think that it's important that when people are young, they don't, they don't have to give back for a time because once you start giving back that you get gripped with worry and concern. And I yeah. think it's important for hunters and anglers to have a time when they're young where it's something they just do and enjoy. Um, and they learn how to do it right. They learn how to be humble and not brag about it. I mean, we, you and I have different, looking at your Instagram, we have very different opinions on what we should be doing with the stuff we shoot and how we, you know, right. portray that to the world. But like, yeah. but not, but not, you know, but, but if, if this, if, I, we call them shoulder shruggers, people that no matter what's going on with hunting, fishing in their state, they're like, oh, no, we can do about that. They don't show up at the legislative sessions to fight for things that concern them as hunters and fishermen. They do nothing for access, nothing yeah. for conservation. I can't, I, I think that I, what I'm going to be trying to do is simply get people to spend money that they're going to spend anyway on gear and maybe nonprofit donations to spend them in a way, those dollars in a way that accord with their value system and the things that they, that, that they care, the profess to care about. I think I'm even going to struggle mightily with that. There's so much apathy and there's so much indoctrination. And so I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just wondering, what is it going to yeah. take for people like you? You're in your mid-30s, I, I would guess. Yeah, 34. Yep. To, uh, I mean, maybe you don't see a threat, you know. But I'm just saying, over my, over my 40 years as a hunter, I've seen nothing but it getting tougher. 
Yeah. I think circling back just a little uh, to what you were saying a little bit ago about uh, it took you a while to get into being a conservationist. You know, you said you were well, in your no, an mid forties. Oh, I gotcha. do conservation okay. for a living. Got it. Okay. Gotcha. I misunderstood. Um, I think that there is something to be said. Well, you, well, you did mention too, like when you're younger that uh, you just hunt for the sake of hunting just to go out and enjoy it. And I've kind of found myself in this limbo stage between that and where I'm at now. Like when I, when I was a younger hunter in my early twenties, I didn't have any considerations to where the animals come from, where the habitat comes from, where hunting access comes from. It's just, it's just there. It's just the place. These are just the places you go and these are just the animals that you shoot. And it's actually, you might not want to hear this, but it's actually in part to hunting media specifically podcasts that I've gotten away from that mindset and started to actually learn about conservation and how um, animals wind up on the landscape that, you know, for instance, recovering wild turkeys and um, recovering pheasants in a lot of the areas uh, that we, that we hunt here. It's been interesting to, to learn that it, it doesn't just happen because it's there, you know, hunting ground, takes work to preserve and it takes money to preserve and it takes effort to preserve uh, as well as, as well as the game animals themselves. So I've kind of found myself now at my age wrestling with issues over the last few years, you know, dealing with kind of like what we were talking about earlier, dealing with, well, where exactly do I, do I land in all of this and what exactly do I do about it? Uh, I'm a pretty blue collar individual, you know, I, I, I try and I can't make big dollar donations, but that it's not an excuse. I don't want to be a shoulder shrugger, as you say, you know. Um, so I've been looking more at like time donations. There's a organization here in Iowa called the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation that uh, I really recently discovered. And in December, they were doing a, a land access initiative. They were buying an old Boy Scout camp that was attached to the Lust Hills uh, State Forest. You know, I was able to put a little bit of money towards that again. I, I'm, no, I'm no big dollar donor, but, uh, you know, uh, through that process, I was able to learn about them and, uh, you know, recently signed up for volunteering for uh, invasive species eradication and things like that. So I'm rambling on a little bit, but I guess I said all that to say that, you know, I'm sort of at this limbo stage of coming out of I'm, I'm hunting and I, I don't see past my own nose versus growing into trying to learn about conservation and do more to give back at least as much as you know a, a hunter would take you know yeah that's good um do you, do you think that this is something i i've talked about with a lot of people um and i talked with randy newberg about this quite a bit like is there is there is it with people that aren't engaged at any level like i was up till i was 45 uh yeah is there a way to, that you become engaged like it, it just has to get i mean okay so you could have it be that your hunting gets so crappy like it has in much of the east where everybody's crammed onto these little wildlife management areas and it's ridiculous because all the, uh, everything's leased up 
it's just it's borderline insane to even try uh one thing you could do is just give up you know that that'd be a tough option to pick yeah yeah but how do you how do you get people banded together to and get them to and get them to care just get them to just get them to i don't know you could i guess you could see like i think with a lot of shoulder shruggers they just don't see they don't see an option they don't see fighting as an option they don't see well i better i'm gonna engage and try to turn this around you know i think there's a number of things you could do i mean myself a lot of people that are younger hunters may just be aloof to some of these issues uh you know conservation issues like i said they, they don't really consider how the animals got there or why the public land is there um i think education goes a long way especially with in a a younger hunter's career yeah. hunting career you know um man what in the I, thing I, that I, su- I, the thing that sucks is you know where they're not going to get it they're not going to get it from whoever it is that they're following they're not going to get that from the hunt public hunting public they're not going to get that from uh hushing they ain't going to get that from you name it whoever all yeah. these jokers you they're not going to get it there that's not what they're talking about they're talking about what badasses they are how successful they are um, I, I have for i have heard some i don't follow hushing but I, i've hunting public I'm, I'm familiar with i've heard them talk about it a little bit but they really should probably balance it out oh, maybe a little more i think it's probably what you're getting at yeah yeah it, 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 yeah i mean what they learn what these young people learn is they learn that what success looks like is killing 15 big game animals a year yeah if that's the case i am a hopeless failure of a hunter uh yeah i don't know hunting probably shouldn't be more of a comparison um or dick measuring contest so much as it you should do it because you enjoy it well, uh, I think, what's made I think it, that what, is what's made good. it a dick measuring contest is social media. You're not wrong about that. I, I, I said, I'm, you see my Instagram. I'm obviously not opposed to sharing hunting photos, um, but I also am not. Uh, it's not lost on me that there's downside to it as well. Oh, I, think I think one it's, of the, I think one it's of the, huge downside. I think yeah. that there would be way more equality in hunting if it wasn't for that. Equal do, you, do you have an issue? Go ahead. Equal opportunity. Yeah. Do you have think, an issue with social media, like in general? I, I'm like I don't, in, like Instagram just existing, you know, Facebook existing. No, that kind of thing. no, just, no, I don't. I don't. Specifically hunting social media. I have a problem with putting dead and dying animals on on the computer, and it has nothing to do with the antis. Although we're not helping our, ourselves there at all. It, what I think that that does is that organically over time, drip by drip, bit by bit, somebody looks at somebody else's, what they shoot and they're like, Oh, that guy did pretty good. I better get, a, I, I better get after it. Uh, if I want to compete, um, I'm going to, I'm going to put in for more tags or I'm going to lease up a bigger place. And it's like, people end up hunting more or hunting at all 
um, not for hide horns, meat, and personal fulfillment, which are the only things I think are legitimate reasons to to take the life of an animal, but to keep up with the Joneses. Um, and I think that that's, if I would have known that hunting was going to become that when I was a little kid, I would have picked something else. I, 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 it's just, it's, it's so cheap now it's become so cheapened by everybody like, Hey, look at me. You see people using dead animals in the most disgusting ways. Like, you know who, uh, I just saw just today. I saw this post, uh, like this Danielle halverson you know who she is i'm not familiar huh she's one of these huntress instagram people women and she's okay. like advertising her moving sale and she's gripping and grinning a buck yeah like if i could have seen that when i was a little kid and known like that that's where this was all heading you know i just think it's yeah i, I think some of the issues with, that you're seeing like with hunting social media kind of exists on social media on a larger scale, like the comparison and the, the, the dopamine addiction to the, the likes. I mean, I think it, it kind of goes around uh, entirely with all of social media. If you were to give me a, like a magic wand and you were to wave that magic wand, all of social media goes away. I would probably wave the magic wand. Um, it's not that it's all bad, but I, I don't know if it's a net good for humanity obviously i'm on it so there's some i don't know there's some kind of a benefit maybe but i'm not sure that uh you know the depression the anxiety things like that that it causes the loss of sense of a self-worth because you see somebody else that shot a, a bigger buck or even even outside the hunting sphere you know you see uh you know young girls comparing themselves to these supermodels and they get depression over it you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's i don't know if it's always a benefit um i guess my personal view would be if social media does have to continue to exist, it, it would make sense that hunting has a place on it versus kind of being out of the social square, so to speak. Uh, okay. Toward what end? So wh- why is it important? Like in that, be- because social media exists, hunting should be a part of it is is what i'm hearing is that right so and 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 okay so you because what because why i guess i think that hunting is a a, an important part of our culture i mean it's enriched my life it's probably enriched many people who hunt probably will say it enriched their lives i think it's uh, fair to have that as a part of our culture if social media is a a representation or a microcosm of our culture. I think it's not a bad thing to have hunting be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I, I'm just not down with the, with the dead and dying animals on there. Like I don't see the, I don't see the point. And I think it's, it's just, it's, there's, uh, it's obvious to me. And even I did a little survey on this, that it's just people gloating, gloating over dead stuff. I mean, if they're not gloating over dead stuff, then how come they're in every single picture? If it was just about the dead stuff and they just show the dead stuff and put it on like a, an account without your name associated with it, but it's always the hunter in there and the thing they shot and, 
and I don't see how that benefits the hunting community. I think it leads to leasing. I think it leads to people competing with one another. I think it leads to laws being game laws being broken. Can I ask you a dumb question that I could just have you kind of explain for me? Yeah. The, I, I've heard you, I've heard you say a lot of times about, uh, you have like an issue with the, the dead and dying animals photos. Um, it, I'm, I'm trying to just understand your perspective on like, what's, is there something like that's morally wrong with it? I mean, you and I both hunt, we both kill animals on purpose. Um, but the, the dead and dying animals part kind of seems to be a big sticking point. Cause well, you, you seem to be fine with like the social media, like you share pictures of anything else. Um, but the, the dead and dying animals part. Yeah, that's a great, that's a fair a question. Point, you know, I, yeah. Because what it takes to have that dead and dying animal there for you to take a photo of, uh, it, the, it take what it takes for that to, for you to have that image is all the things I'm concerned about. If you, the more you lease, the more of those pictures you will have, the more, the more of those pictures you'll have, you have, the more people will be willing to sponsor you the more um, famous you'll become as a hunter. Um, the more, yeah, the more shit you'll be able to sell. So it, it, it's not, it doesn't come from like, a, it, it, it's inherently bad to share a picture of a dead and dying animal. So if I, if I were to take a picture of a, no, a buck no. that I shoot and I send it to friends and family, it has to do more with uh, the promotion aspect of. It has, I things. don't, it's, well, you, you don't want people I do, selling. I do think I do think it, it erodes the integrity of hunting to show okay on its face, just aesthetically, to show people that you don't even know what you shot. I mean, it's just like grow the fuck up, you know? Yeah. And so there's that, but that's not what I'm mainly focused on by any stretch. What I'm mainly focused on is that that leads to gratuitous killing and to leasing and privatization of wildlife. That's what I think. So the debt showing, if you took the dead and dying animals out, then I wouldn't have no more. Would I have to be concerned about social media causing gratuitous killing? And that's based off the idea that if you kind of the envy thing where like people see the pictures of the dead and dying animals, they want that for themselves. Uh, if they have the means they go and they lease from land trust or whoever the hell else is, is that right is that yeah representation yeah yeah point? yeah okay. yeah then that like who's the t who's the top of the heat so you could say oh that's just a small number of people you know that are doing that and shooting all these stuff all this stuff and and putting up like pictures of 20 dead game animals and it's just a small number of people it doesn't have a big impact those are the people that our youth are trying to be that's who's what's being modeled to them and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to speak at the Pope and Young banquet in, um, in Reno in April. And who's the keynote speaker there? John Dudley, a guy that shot like five elk, two moose and umpteen other big game animals last year. That's their keynote 
That's that's success. That's success. Do they have you guys that's, speaking right next to each other? Uh, if they did, I would one after the other. If they, I'll, I mean, I'm not going to mince words. I think he's, sure. just, you know, no. yeah. Um, but I, yeah. So that's that's you know, I don't think he'd kill nearly as many animals as that if it, if wasn't, it weren't for private ground and leasing. If it wasn't for him it, trying to generate content out of it to sell stuff yeah i mean that it, it's just so selfish it's like it makes me it makes me root for PETA. it really does you know do you see it on a spectrum where like i know you've mentioned um on like prior podcasts and things like that where you have an issue with people taking up hunting to go to you know to put on social media to kill things to make money does that perspective change for you if somebody grew up hunting and then happened into social media or is there a spectrum there? Or is it all the same? No, it's worse when, when it's somebody that is obviously never even had an interest in it that they, you know, like a lot of these women that get into it, they're like, Oh, there's lots of sexy women on social media. But... No, with the, the ladies that do the, the bikini fishing and all yeah, that shit. Yeah. yeah. But so like I got what am I gonna do to stand out? I'm gonna combine it with some hunting. Sure. You know, that that's that's more disgusting to me, I'd say. Yeah. And I would have a I would also agree with you on that. Um, again, obviously I participate in hunting social media, but um that's I've been, like, I've been hunting for two decades um, before social media. So I've wondered where, where my place is with that. You know, I've kind of tried to decide it. The right way to portray hunting through social media. Is there a right way? If there's things I wrestle with. Um, but I definitely would disagree with somebody who decides I want to try to get rich and famous. So my get rich quick scheme is I'm going to pick up a rifle and I'm going to shoot animals for it. And then, post those on social media but if that is someone's entrance entrance into hunting i i don't know if they would be the smartest person on earth because if they wanted to make money with social media it's probably um much more interesting subjects that they could appeal to the masses with yeah Uh, probably make more money you know yeah oh yeah yeah probably probably but if it's just if the only thing you got going for you is sex appeal then you combine it with some hunting and it, it helps, you know? Yeah. I think that there's probably, I mean, obviously hunting is kind of a male dominated, uh, dominated sport. So yeah. if you're a, a sexy lady and you have an Instagram of hunting, you've kind of got your audience in a, a bit of a trap. I guess like a real, like the way to summarize it for me is I, I, I just never, I don't think that using hunting to develop a public persona for yourself in any way helps the hunting community. I, 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 you using hunting is to draw attention to oneself is a major reason why I've watched hunting become more of a rich man's game over the course of my lifetime. Yeah. Um, do you, would you would you extrapolate that out to any other sport or 
industry. There's, peril- there's using- parallels for sure. Uh, uh, I I hold these same views about any any activity where crowding is a in le- where where there's a finite supply. So mountain climbing is one, and the two that come to mind are mountain climbing and surfing, where there is a where as as the number of participants increase, the quality of the experience experience diminishes and i'd say in those two pastimes it's very similar to hunting so with all three of those and maybe some other activities that i'm not thinking of uh i'm i have the same perspective those activities should be reserved for people that enjoy them enough that they don't they, they, it's enough to just do it. They don't need to draw attention to themselves. They love it enough to just do it. And if other people in the world, anybody that agrees with me that there's certain activities that are subject to, um, law of diminishing returns by people getting more, more people getting into it. And they think that, yes, yeah, let's just reserve those act- activities for people that really enjoy them. Then they'll just then they should they should boycott uh, surfing influencers. They should boycott mountain climbing influencers. And there's lots of those people, you know, just like there's lots of hunting influencers. Yeah, and, you know, mountain climbing and surfing are a little bit out of my out of my scope. I suppose I've not uh, not participated in either of those, but uh, I see what you're saying. So if there's a limited finite uh resource for something you would support not promoting that yeah this is something i've I've kind of wrestled with too a little bit is the idea behind making money doing something that you really enjoy so i i also i also play music i've played in a band for um the last 10 years and it's something that comes up in conversation with with music as well is making money doing something that you love versus perverting it. And it, I would be more on, I guess, on the side of things where I see it as a good thing to do, to make money doing a thing that you love, right. Or that you're passionate about. As long as it's not, so, as so, long as it's not, doesn't make you a traitor to your community. Yeah. And I think, I, I think we'd probably differ on, this is the thing is we're probably going to differ on views on what makes you a traitor to the community, you know? Well, okay. I we, so we, I would say like this, like, Look at look at uh, Western hunting in Western states. A lot of the people that have promoted hunting in Western states, and now it's like with some draws, it's 10, 20 times harder to draw a tag here now. So you get yeah. a bunch of people that are a community that are putting in for these tags, and they're just doing it quietly because they like it, and they like to hunt that area, and they like to come out if they're from another state, come out and hunt. And then somebody a small handful of people are like, it's not just enough to draw the tag and go hunt. They got to promote the shit out of it, which is why now it's 20 times harder to get that tag. I'd say that those people that had to promote the shit out of it are traders to their community. So that's, I guess, operationalizing what I mean by that. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about too. Do you, do you see your mission? Your mission is mostly Western big game hunting or is no. it? No. 
all hunting everywhere. All hunting everywhere. Yeah. Because I was thinking to myself, I was like, is there, do you think there's elbow room for people to hunt more raccoons or coyotes or wild hogs someplace? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if hunting promotion, let's say that there was somebody that got famous off of raccoon hunting in that hypothetical situation and they promoted raccoon hunting or coyote hunting or wild hog hunting, you know, or, or some other kind of like maybe an invasive species, something like that. Would that be as problematic? You pay huge dollars to hunt wild hogs now in my, in, yeah, uh, these, ca- in California. Yeah. And I think it's that way. I've never hunted hogs, but I think it's that way in Oklahoma and Texas. It used to be like you would go and pay, yeah. you know, someone, somebody might pay you to shoot them. And now it's well, kind of the th- other way around. I'm open to the idea is all going to, yeah, everything is going to get, every single thing is going to, there's going to be, there's going to be more squirrel hunting influencers and there's going to be scallop diving influencers. Spearfishing seems to be like the next, the next um, arena of exploitation. Yeah. And spearfishing crowding is huge it can be a huge issue with spearfishing i've experienced oh i've experienced it yeah where you show up on a reef and the fish are freaked out because they've been getting hammered yeah do you think that some of the effects of like wildlife so in the in that instance you gave the fish on the reef being freaked out how much of that do you think would exist even if hunting uh, promotion and stuff like that didn't exist, like how much of it, how much of it is pressure that would exist just from people naturally finding their way into hunting or spearfishing versus like how much, what's the added pressure from promotion and stuff like that? Um, I, I, I don't know how much less, but I, I know it'd be, we, I know it would be less just because I'm confronted with stories that, that confirm that it would fish and game in the U S would experience less pressure. Hunters would experience less competition if it wasn't for hunting media, hunting media and hunting promotion. I don't know how much less. And if, but I think it's a lot. And if I'm wrong, I'm wasting my time. No, I guess that'd be a hard, a hard thing to get a metric for. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 But if I'm, if I'm wrong, and it's in, 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 uh, there'd be 95% of this, the people that hunt would still hunt and they would still hunt just as much, if not for media, then, um, I'm wasting my time because everything I'm doing is trying to just make sure the people that are hunting are doing it for the right reasons and trying to prevent uh, the industry and the nonprofits from bringing more people in. Whether you've been hunting yeah. a, a day or a week or a month or 20 years, I care about your experience the same amount. And that's why I just don't want any, any more people brought in. Yeah. You know? So, but, but, maybe, but then I'm wrong, but maybe I'm wrong and nothing they do have brought has brought more people in, but it's, it just seems implausible to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. Um, I had a, I had a question in my brain and then it just, just went, <laughs> just went away. Sorry. I have, 
I've been drinking just a little bit of whiskey, and I'm going to blame that. Okay. For the, All right. Uh, yeah, I think. I guess. Do you have a um, a number on what an overcrowded area is, or like a like how do you determine an area is overcrowded? Oh, I get the thing that the the thing that I'm most convinced by is hunter satisfaction data. Yeah. Um, and so if I'd say that if if a hunter satisfaction is being compromised be due to how a hunt is managed then it's then it i mean a, a, it could be compromised a little bit but so myself but, like if i'm being completely if i'm being completely selfish i would say i don't want to see another truck in a in a parking lot or trailhead or out in the marsh i, I like to do a lot of duck hunting you know out in the marsh at all like i would, I would like all of the public hunting ground to be to myself hunting promotion or no i mean whether whether somebody wound up there uh, by just because they happened into hunting or because they saw a hunting show if i'm being completely selfish i guess i right. see i guess i see obviously it's public hunting ground so you know that's kind of that's kind of the deal is you have to share the public hunting ground you know um yeah so i'm not sure exactly what the target goal for uh reducing overcrowding might be because I, I might still feel crowded minus hunting, you know, minus hunting promotion. Mm -hmm. If I was, again, if I was completely left to my own devices, I'd be like, well, I, I want all of this hunting ground to myself. Yeah. So yeah. Like, like I said, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to maximize the satisfaction that hunting brings us that hunting brings uh, society, uh, non-pay hunting. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm somewhere between zero trucks and whatever, some huge number of trucks at the trailhead is being the, is being the, the right amount, but I'm just the only one that I'm aware of with even a tiny, tiny bit of a voice that's saying, um, I think we are at, we've got enough folks out there now that that the overall satisfaction or the, the is 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 lower than it would be if if a few people if there was a few less people and i think it's 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 not a coincidence that i'm the only one with a tiny tiny bit of a voice that doesn't make money off hunting yeah i mean you just think it's a little bit subjective <clears throat> like the the hunter enjoyment's a little bit subjective right i mean how much one enjoys hunting is kind of hard to to measure especially against you know if you have a decreased amount of enjoyment for hunting how much of it came from from overcrowding um it's it's kind of a tough metric to but measure at the, at, at the end of the day you got to make a decision you got to decide we're going to try to recruit more hunters or we're not so you're right. going to make the decision on based under like some like all important decisions in life they're made under uncertainty there's always uncertainty that in in our decision making you know or the consequences of our decision i'm just somebody that comes down on the side of thinking that more people is not a good idea right now and i think that not only for 
for hunter satisfaction. I also think of it for wildlife on our Instagram. I've been putting up uh, research articles that demonstrate the negative effects of hunting pressure on wildlife. I don't know if you've seen any of those, but I think you were talking about that on uh, Woodside with Bill yeah. O'Brien. I know you're listening, you were listing some of the statistics about uh, the negative impacts of, you know, hunting pressure on wildlife. Again, I'm, I'm not sure. It, I'm saying I'm not sure. I'm not saying that rhetorically. I'm saying I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm not sure how much of that really comes from hunting pressure regulated, you know, because hunting promotion exists and we have maybe an unusual amount of hunters as opposed to if we didn't have hunting pressure. Well, I'm versus just how like, many, how much well, if, 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 if the, if the, uh, if the survey data and they do indicate that the biggest barrier to public land hunting satisfaction is crowding. And if the scientific literature indicates that intense hunting pressure is bad for wildlife, shouldn't there be room for somebody to say, maybe we don't need to be bringing more hunters in there. I mean, there is, um, I think, I guess I would fall more on the side of, and again, like this is all, I'm, I feel like I'm trying to learn and develop every day about my opinions on these things. Um, but I would fall more on the side of why don't we try for more acres and more access? Yeah. Oh yeah. A, yeah. And, and agree. We, we, we definitely agree on that. Why not try for more acres and more access as opposed to fewer hunters? Well, guess, I'm not trying to, I'm just not try for fewer hunters. Just yeah. like, not like try to find people to, I don't know, <laughs> to talk into, talk them into quitting hunting. No, instead of, I'd say, instead of working, instead of having hunting TV and hunting social media and R3, why not take all of that and focus on, because those are the things that bring in more hunters, focus all of that on more land for people to go. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm with you on the more land for sure. I, I go back, build to it, rack, and they will brain. come. I, I go back to rack my brain just a little bit though on if, how, I, when, when people do age out, how, how do you get the new hunters involved? Like, who comes in behind the new hunters? If no hunting promotion, how do you get the new hunters? I don't, in, I guess, here's like, if I'm on, I, I'm getting information on a daily basis. I just saw this today. Like people are sending me stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, like Onyx thing today. Um, pegs are getting more difficult to draw. Um, tune into hunting fool to learn your new app to get your application strategy in order today so i if the number of if 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 the number of hunters are is declining and i'm talking about hunters per huntable acre yeah. um which is the only thing that really matters in my view then there's this demographic cliff we're on how in the world is it more competitive than every ever how in the world is it there's more land leased up than ever? You know, I mean, nobody factors in the fact that we lost, we've lost between, depending on what you're talking about, public land or private land, between three and eight percent of 
of huntable acres in the last 30 years, near as I can tell. There was a study on that. We just had the guy on our podcast that did the study, one of the authors of it. Uh, and the number of leased acres has gone through the roof. So there's less room for people now there because rich people are have all a bunch of land all for themselves and there's very little left for anybody else. Like, I, I just don't, I don't, I can't, how do I, ha- how am I supposed to have this, in, this in my head, hundred, how hold these two things in my head at the same time, hundred numbers are perilously low is one narrative. And the other narrative is looking at application data and the odds of drawing tags plummeting. Well, I think there's probably and, and more and more application services emerging. I think there's probably a, a disparity in how many people right now are are emphasizing Western big game hunting. I think hunting promotion has probably put Western big game hunting in the spotlight right now. So probably everybody that wants to hunt is out there trying to get into Western big game hunting. Would be my assumption. Uh, I don't. I don't know. If you we may have a little bit. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm talking too much. You go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to say, we may have a little bit different experiences on overcrowding. And again, I'm, I don't think you're going to find a single hunter out there that would love to um, run into more, more hunters in the field. But uh, y- you probably experience maybe a little bit more right now because of how popular Western big game is. Uh, that may contribute to some of the, the difficulty in getting tags out West. Um, so I understand that it's, it's, just that it's seems, busy. It seems wor- everything I hear makes it seem worse in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't like. I talk to people that have hunted in the Midwest for a long time, and they're t- talking about all the places they used to hunt when they were a kid. They can't go anymore. That could be. I mean, and how ridiculously crowded it is. Have you yeah. read this article by uh, Wired to Hunt by uh, Tony Hansen? No, it was what's it? Are the good to? old days of whitetail hunting over? Um, here's the opening paragraph. Oh no, second paragraph. He's talking about how he he was all excited for his hunting season. Um, I'll just read these first couple of paragraphs because I can't yeah, go for it. This yeah. I knew exactly where I'd be hunting this fall. It was all but set in stone and the prospects were exciting. I'd start the season off in Kansas in September with a muzzle loader in hand. I loved a bow hunt, but thought of kicking off the year with a little yardage advantage, advantage sounded pretty good. Then I'd focus a bit on my home state of Michigan, assuming I'd located a buck that I wanted to target. Knowing this is not any sort of a given, the backup plan was to revisit some haunts in Ohio if the backyard hunting didn't seem to be worth the time. And then, well, boy, oh boy, then things were going to get really good. I'd spend the last week or so of October in Iowa with a week of vacation time in the bank for November should I need to make a return visit to the land of the Giants. And then came reality delivered via electronic email. Denied, denied, denied. So, you know, and then in the whole article is about how it's getting harder and harder to draw tags. 
it's getting crowded and it's my fault. Um, and then his very next article is three best, <laughs> the three most underrated states for public land deer hunting. Yeah. But so, so that that's the hypocrisy there is is not the point, although it's incredibly hip. A, a little bit of an oxymoron, yeah. Yeah, yeah but uh, uh, but but the I mean it's not just a western thing. No, and I think my experience is overcrowding and, and yours, like I said, I think I think it's probably different. Mine I duck hunt a lot. Um, I guess that the way I'd relate to it would be opening day of duck hunting. You know, it's a shit show every day. Or um, You get there at midnight, one o'clock, you set up, you know, just to have some guys set next to you at 6 a.m., 80 yards away. Uh, that's not the most fun. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. Place, Why, the, the place the burning the house up? On fire, <laughs> I suppose. I'm going to find out here in a second if it is. Um, so... Anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. So overcrowding here. Um, I think outside of outside of uh, you know the opening day of duck hunting, I don't I don't run into a ton of other people, and I can't really I can't speak for everybody else. I'm sure that everyone else has different experiences. I'll run into occasional people in the woods, but I wouldn't call it excessive. Or if I were to list my top five things that may decrease my enjoyment while hunting i'm not sure that i don't know maybe running into someone else would rank number four or five mm. i suppose if i if i had to if i had to guess what's number one but, two and three shit costs too much <laughs> i don't know gear uh Your gear yeah costs yeah too much? yeah maybe i don't know i haven't uh, I, I don't have a top five list i'm going to tell you the truth I'm Man, if I, I lived, were to, if your, I were to make a hypothetical one, if I was in your state, the thing that would diminish my satisfaction the most would be that I couldn't go the vast majority of places. Yeah, that yeah, that is a that is a a factor too. Part of it, I guess, I've mostly hunted in Iowa. I've hunted out of state you know, one or two other times. So, and we've mostly had the same amount of public ground. You know, I've not seen a vast swing in my, in my time of hunting. So I guess I don't see a stark difference between, you know, oh shit, we used to have all this public ground and now we have much less. Um, it would be great if we did have more, mm-hmm. but that might be why that wouldn't make my, my top five list. You know, I haven't seen a massive decrease in public ground at the time I've hunted here. Right. But, uh, now the, the, the IHAP ground or similar to the block management in Montana, that could be a different story. That's, that's only very recently, like within the last few weeks has even been a thing that's entered my mind. So that could be, yeah. Like I said, I was, when I first started listening to hunt quietly, so I, we had our interaction on Instagram and then I listened to hunt quietly and only then that I even start thinking about the issues that, um, hunting leases may cause for public access. So yeah, I can't speak to you know losing uh, IHAP ground or if that is the case or or anything like that. But yeah, uh, you know, well, in, in as much as we found common ground in the la- in the last hour and twenty minutes, if you ever wanted to uh, learn more about them and help your fellow Iowans learn more about them, then I would love to have them on 
and you and I could interview them together. You mean them as in uh so I represented yeah, a, yeah. A, so but if you would set it up, you know, that's something we can agree on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I, I would like to see more more access for sure. That would be interesting to do. Um Just have you had a lot of east have you had a lot of eastern hunter guests on? Lots. Have you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be interesting to do. Um I'm I'm curious to learn more about that program too. Like I said, I know IHAP exists. Um, well, yeah, maybe I'm not fi- sure. Maybe you, maybe you, you figure out some ways that you and your buddies could could support them. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, that'd be interesting too. Uh, that would be an interesting podcast to have. To have you inter- uh, interview? I happen. Well, see yeah, how they or, could be supported and, and what issues they face, or do or do it together. Shit, I you could do it. You could if you don't want to. If if you wanted to interview him, you could interview him on my podcast. I wouldn't even have to be there. Just have me fill in for you for the day. Well, I got another guy that fills in all the time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. something to consider. You know, it'd be nice if like, I'd like to see it'd be, it'd be kind of neat if we started out, you know, like you started, we started out with you hurting my feelings and then we talk on the podcast and it's kind of constructive and then it yeah. turns into, you don't have to buy into everything that I'm selling, but there's not very many people that don't think access is a it, better access would be a good thing. You know, most yeah. people would think agree with that. So you can think you about find... reaching out to you think about reaching out to them and, yeah. and uh, we could highlight what they do on the podcast. I would love that. Yeah, I could, I could try and see who I could talk to, what kind of representative I could talk to for IHAP and see if they'd be interested in something like that. This, do, you, do you find this, as much? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, do you find as much um, resistance to land access issues as you do the uh, social media and the hunting media stuff? No, everybody's on board with access. Yeah. But I, I think much. It's, I all, yeah. it's all connected in my mind. What's made access tight is hunting TV and hunting social media. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned it as a side effect, uh, hunting. Well, yeah. Whether it's a uh, side effect or not, you know? Yeah. Um, like probably the reason people smoke is cause they like smoking, but lung cancer is a side effect that doesn't make it any, that doesn't make it something that you dismiss, you know? I, I guess it puts, it depends on the emphasis you put on the side effect. Um, that would, yeah. Lung cancer for smoking would be bad. Um, so yeah, in, in I, some I ways, can't some... leave, I can't just work on access, uh, access, and I am working a lot on access, devoting yeah. a lot without with while ignoring the reason that it's a problem in the first place. So you, you see that, yeah, you see the two issues is intertwined. I, yeah, it's like I hunting TV, hunting social media has made access to land extremely valuable. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. That's something that. Like I said, I'm learning about the uh, the leasing aspect of hunting now. I mean, that's only recently entered into my my scope. So I'll be curious to learn more about that. Um, I was so I was curious to circle back to something earlier. Just uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse. The you were we we got off on a tangent about about something else, but we were talking about uh, future of hunting. And what, what would be the right way 
in your mind to see somebody come into hunting. So you, you don't want to see people watch hunting social media, hunting TV shows and decide that that's how they want to start hunting. What, what do you think would be the best way for someone to start? I wouldn't care how people got into it or why they did it. If it was, if there was plenty of opportunity to go around, you know, I, I wouldn't, it's just, I'm, I'm right now. I'm in a point where I don't want to see anybody more come into it. I, I don't want any more people coming into hunting because I care about the guy that just started last year. So like, would that include like a farmer getting his son into it? Son's got to wait on getting started hunting. Only thing I'm, I have a position on is let's stop ha making hunting TV and making hunting social media and doing our three because we got enough hunters. If somebody give granddad, grandpa wants to take his, his grandson out on the family farm and teach him on hunt. Like who am I? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. But that it. would be a new hunter though. You yeah, said you didn't want sure. any new hunters. I don't, I don't, I don't want any more advertising to bring people into hunting. I don't want any more hunting entertainment. I don't want any more hunting social media. And I, I and I don't want any more R3. And if you're with, and I'm just saying, if you're with me, then that, then boycott nonprofits to do our, our, our R3, boycott hunting social media, boycott hunting television. I'm not like, what do I, I'm not, you know, if, like, if you agree with me, you agree with me on that. I'm not like boycotting grandpa because he wants to take his kid out. Or yeah. you know, but you get you get enough grandpas and dads getting their kids out, then you got that's great a, a group they of hunters, do, though. You know, that's good. Good. That seems right to me. But I have hunting TV, hunting social media, nonprofits. They're doing it for money. Grandpa's not doing it for money. I'm. I'm I guess I'm for the for the sake of discussion. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a hunting nonprofit or or a media company that you're referencing and it if i was in their shoes i guess i would have a hard time saying it was just i would just be getting people into hunting for money like personally like i so i've tried to myself i've tried to get a lot you know some of my friends into hunting i have gotten some of them into hunting successfully um and i don't do that for money i see a value in passing on tradition of hunting i think the hunting has enriched my life um i think there's a value to hunting and so i've try to get, you know, a few of other, a few other people close to me into hunting. I don't, maybe, do you think that, but you don't think that extrapolates out to anybody well, else? Why don't, they, be, why, don't, why don't they tell people where, where they, you know, why don't they just say the day before they're going to film, say, here's where we're going to be. Come on out. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, even the people that I, well, even the people that I teach or have introduced to hunting, I, you know, I'm not getting, why are they spending so much time? In, why do they try? Why do they spend so much time and money trying to get away from other people? If they, if they like want more people so bad. Well, don't get me wrong. Like, like why are they flying to Alaska? Like every fucking hunting celebrity is flying to Alaska every year. Why, why are they, why are they hunting? Why is every hunting TV ma show made on private land? Basically. Why yeah, is everyone? I, I think it's probably more. They're, more animal if they, if they love having more hunters so much then why are they trying to get away from them so much yeah and also I, like if you ever you know i think that mediator probably has more role bringing people into hunting than any other media outlet yeah. um 
I was on my brother's podcast last about a little over a year ago. Were you? Yeah, you ever, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what he said on there? My brother, do you recall? He said if I he was on the stuff. he was he said if he was on the board of BHA, he would vote for getting rid of R three. Yeah. So you know he'll get so the that the point there is he doesn't want more hunters. Yeah, I I do remember that, and I he I doesn't want more hunters, but you know it's a it's a like to use your words, it's a or your phrase is a side effect of trying yeah. to make money. It's uh, I'd be interested to ask. I I don't know if I would agree with him on wanting to get rid of R three as well. And I, did he mean just Montana, or did he talk about all of no, BHA uh, nationwide? Just, no, or, was, you don't know. I think he was yeah. talking about Montana, but like, yeah. Yeah, if you, if you want to get rid of R three in Montana, then you definitely want to get rid of it in other States yeah. because Montana has a hell of a lot of public land. Right. I, I guess I would. R three is strong and is stronger here than anywhere. And it's a weak case here. Do you think there'd be some value in recruiting hunters into a different direction? I know like, uh, um, you know, earlier I was talking about, Maybe if you were to make raccoon hunting cool, I think there's from, from what I've heard, and I don't know if the, the studies are all accurate, but there's an unusual amount of raccoons on the landscape and that may affect, uh, you know, ground nesting bird populations and things like that. Do you think there could be a benefit in promoting that kind of hunting? If you, if you were to get delicious. a raccoon hunting rock star. And they're delicious too. I haven't eaten them yet. I got to try that. I, I picked up trapping last year just around my acreage uh just oh, for yeah, you, wait 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 you have acreage yeah no, yeah we, we live on nine acres uh, do you haunt it south, southern iowa a little bit our home oh i know Whoa. i've got a i've got a helicopter Whoa. landing pad where all the celebrities go and land and hunt my place no Man, i the, we have uh you, this contradicts what you were saying at the beginning of our conversation don't you think i i, I doubt it but go ahead. You said that you hunt exclusively public land. Nope. I did not say that. Uh, I said a lot of times I'll hunt public land as well as, you know, you make in this state, you make a lot of connections. Everybody knows a farmer or friends with the farmer's kid. And it's by permission oh, yeah. on you private. Said, you said public land and door and relationships with. Yeah. Relationships with people that have ground. I do. This have, is incredibly important because it colors your threat assessment. If you can see the layout. If you have my, a place you can uh, go that nobody else can go to. Yeah. That's why I was trying to establish this up front. If you it's can, pretty easy yeah, it's for not, you to be R3 if you've got a private place you can go. I Well, yeah. I mean, so the acreage that I live on is it's nine acres and my home is in the middle of it. So I've got about an acre and a half I could hunt on the last five, the last five deer that you've killed. How many of them been on your land? Zero. Oh, okay. Never killed a deer on my land. Oh, uh, okay. We just okay. moved out here. We just moved out here in 2020. Uh, if you could see the layout of it, you'd know what I mean. Okay. Uh, I am adjacent to public hunting ground. All right. So I, I do hunt a lot of public. To answer but. your question. I don't know. It's like, um, you promote raccoon hunting, but these people aren't going to catch on to other things. No, 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 no. You recruit. We recruited you into raccoon hunting. Don't be, don't be getting mission creep now. Don't be moving on into, <laughs> into, into pheasants and deer. Yeah. 
they, I mean, and, and they may, um, but it may also take some of the pressure off of the more popular hunting, which takes, um, I just say don't a, have any recruitment. Yeah. Hunter recruitment just, should be making more land available. That is an aspect that would make, I understand what you're saying. That, that makes hunting is more the enjoyable. limiting factor. It is. I'm not it aware is a of any, factor. like I said in my social media or my R3 article, I'm not aware of no publicly accessible ecosystems teeming with game just waiting to be shot. Right. I'm just not sure if that's all because of R3 or if you're going to just have that with hunting, public hunting ground. You know, and we established earlier, that's kind of a hard metric to come up with. How much reason, of that? The reason I want the nonprofits to come out against R3 is because then they would have to come out against hunting entertainment. Because hunting entertainment is more effective than R3. At recruiting hunters? Yeah. Like, like you're talking about some nonprofit R3 versus uh, a hunting show. Yeah. I don't, do you think there's a lot? Of, well, I, I think that hunting promotion and hunting shows shuffle hunters around. I don't know if they recruit new ones. Like if I'm not interested in hunting and hunting's not in my I, scope. I got people emailing me every week. I got into hunting because of watching da, 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 or listening to Joe Rogan. Ba, 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 ba. Absolutely. The Joe Rogan one I could maybe see because he covers so many other topics. I guess what, what the point I'm I was trying to make. You. I the have I lots of was... people. I even have people that work in the hunting industry tell me what a, that he's had, admit that he's had a big impact. Meanwhile, he doesn't have to worry about it because he hunts these places. There are fucking fifteen thousand dollars to hunt. You know. Yeah, I, I guess the point I was trying to make was that if if you're not into hunting at all, you're into what you know you're going into going to music festivals and you live in the middle of chicago uh i don't know how you stumble upon like a hunting youtube show and just make that have that make you interested in hunting i guess you you probably have to have some kind of supplanted interest already i yeah for, I, for hunting media to, to promote you into into hunting i guess yeah i don't know i don't know like I say, my my bet is that, um, in I've said this so many times, it's nauseating. But all the land where I live, all the land where I live, you could hunt. When I'm told, when when uh, in the 80s and 90s, you could hunt all this land around here. Now you can't hunt any of it. And the bet I'm placing is that I'm placing two bets. I'm bet I bet that if it wasn't for hunting TV and hunting social media, it would still be a lot a lot like the good old days. And the other bet is if you take the hunting social media and the hunting TV away, it would go a little bit back towards the good old days. It could be. I, I think there's probably a variety of social factors that, that are included with that, wouldn't you think? With landowners, uh, maybe not. Yeah, of course. It's like, I'm not 100% Lit. sure. It's just the like, that's my guess. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a fair, it's fair Who guess. Knows? Maybe right. there'd be even more hunting pressure. And maybe yeah. even more locked up if we had never had a TV show or also, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to go that far. I don't think that that's the case. I, I think that we'd, I, I think that hunting promotion, hunting uh, media and social media probably contributes a, a number to the amount of hunters there are. I'm just, I'm not sure. 
what that number is and then what that number's effect on hunting is, is where I think maybe some of our, our differences have maybe lied thus far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, anything else? Yeah. Um, two things real quick. I am yeah. glad we, I'm glad we had a conversation. Because Me too. Me I don't too. think I, 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 when I typed my initial Instagram comment, as well as my email, I didn't intend that to be, I'm not trying to be malicious. I didn't intend that to I be know. hurtful. I don't know. Hurt, Instagram, hurt feelings, I mean, but a lot of people hurt my feelings. So it's... every, everybody makes lazy social media posts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. I did the same me thing. Me too. I did the same thing. Right. Make lazy social media posts. That's why I posts. blocked myself you, from my own goddamn you, you, scroll past, you scroll past shit and you like, you know, you like something and you type in, I like that or whatever. That's cool. You scroll past something you don't like. And you maybe you type something negative. So I didn't mean anything personal to you. Um, you know, I, I don't have anything against you. I don't think that I, I don't think that you should just shut up and go away or, or, or anything else. I'm, I'm, I would rather you speak and I disagree with you. And then we get to have conversations rather than just have, you know, go away or, 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 or shut up or anything else. So well, I, I, I hope that you did not, take it too personal i didn't mean it to be personal um you know i was just kind of typing my my thoughts out um we've talked for an hour and a half and i couldn't summarize that in an instagram comment and it came out as saying silly and ridiculous um you know admittedly there's things i don't understand about uh hunting and conservation and even some of the things we've talked about we're gonna hold disagreements i'm glad that we live in a space where we can talk about the things that we do disagree on um and i think i guess i don't know if you're open to any suggestion yeah i am as far as your mission is concerned yeah 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 you can take it or leave it this is just a thing i've thought about leading up to uh our conversation what do you think about like if your mission was less and again take it or leave it if your mission was less about ending hunting promotion ending social media and hunting social and hunting media if you were to establish a uh, a mission where you offered to help um hunting media and hunting social media talk about conservation and talk about land access do you think that that's something you could see being a part of your mission so like if people were going to do it anyway right if you're going to say it'd be kind of saying hey if you're going to do it anyway Here's how to do it better. Here's how to talk about land access. Here's how to talk about conservation. Because that's the thing for me personally, I'd be interested in doing. You might meet more friends and less uh, less resistance, yeah. you know, upon upon doing something like that or offering that. You know, doesn't mean you have to like social media or the media, but if you were, I bet you would have a lot of people that would jump on board with what you're doing if you helped. Um, if you helped them talk about conservation more yeah i just you know, a suggestion I, yeah, I, I think it was, it was no, a I thing i thought about that. you know i, appreciate um, that. Uh, I think that? sometimes you can i think sometimes you can uh get further being for something than against something mm -hmm. there might be a way that you know you could be for something but i know i i think you're probably right there that what i've been doing is just putting it out there with no diplomacy behind it at all and just saying what 
I think, you know, and, and you know, you're, you're probably right. You're in in right. many ways, I appreciate that. And I think there should be more people that just say whatever the hell is on their mind. On the other hand, too, if you got a, a mission for something that you believe in, it's nice to be able to find some common ground or some allies in what you're doing, you know, and, and uh, work in a direction that's a little easier to achieve your goals. And I think that might be one way that people would, you know, hunting media personalities, telling them to, <clears throat> telling them to shut it down or to, to log off of social media is kind of tough. Everybody is a little bit, every, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, everybody's a little bit self-interested. It's easier to get them to say, you know, Hey, I'm going to help you talk about conservation. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to help you talk about conservation more. I'm going to help you talk about land access. I'm going to educate you on these issues so you can tell your audience, you know, it's a thing I've thought about yeah. uh, lead, leading up to this conversation. So I was yeah. just curious to bounce that off. Of you. you can take it or leave it. I mean, you know, no, you, you, you got my, like, um, you got me thinking very hard right now because I mean, that's, that's something that I think about a fair bit, but yeah, when you say it like that, it gets, I almost get a headache thinking about, cause there's so many, you know, you could, I could, I could have positioned my, my perspective differently. I could have prioritized things differently than I did. I still could, I could go apologize and for like some of my stances and adopt different stances. Um, I don't, there's, I don't know. I don't know. I know you could be right. I, maybe I shouldn't have come out so tough, but like, then if you, but if you like are too milk toast, then you're just like anybody, everybody else. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody was successful just going hard recently, and that was Trump. Well, that's Trump. true. He became the president just by like calling bullshit what he thought was. I'm not a Trump fan, but like, yeah, me neither. But by calling bullshit what he thought was bullshit, bullshit, he ended up the fucking president. You know, so he, I don't, you he was successful once, though. Once, right. You know, no, so agreed. agreed. So, I mean, agreed. It, it, there's you can get some people's attention for sure by calling out bullshit but as far as like a long-lasting yeah you know but what i'm everything i'm saying i here's the thing i don't think i think i don't think trump i don't think that trump has some ideological perspective i think he's just no he, he he's he's doing what it takes to stay in the stay in the in the media um right and and, and fire his base up that that's not where i'm at the thing is I really do believe what I'm saying. I really do. Now I could have hidden, hid, hid some of that. I could have, I could have um, been more gentle about it and, and still could decide to do that. But I freaking care about people that hunt public land for the, what I take to be the noble reasons. And everything I'm saying is because I care about those people. But you're right. I could have yeah. maybe gotten bet done, had more of a positive. Any, I don't have an. I don't have. I don't think I've had anything of a positive impact. But maybe I could have. Well, I think if, I, I'm not usually one to tell people to water down what they're saying. I mean, I'm I'm here because I mouth off on Instagram. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I think. Are you familiar with the the? window of political possibility this isn't about politics i promise mm -mm. okay so this is overton window of political possibility is basically this is an imaginary window of what is politically possible for achievement right now based off of what the culture or what society is ready for 
you know, like, let's say you're the kind of person, I'm going to pick a really easy example. Let's say you're the kind of person that you want to get rid of all the taxes, all of them. It's not really within the window of what's politically okay. possible. So okay. you might go with a, a tax reduction or a tax, you know, a tax break or tax cut that might, you know, so that's within the window of political possibility. Okay. I don't know if telling all of the people that post on social media to stop doing it with all their hunts is within that window of political possibility. I mean, I was just trying to think of a way that uh, you might find it easier to work with other, other hunters on social media and, and media. And I think that maybe telling them how to, talk about conservation might be within that window of political possibility proverbially speaking yeah 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 you might be right i don't i don't know or maybe i'm just the person that tries to burn it all down and somebody else comes along behind me and 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 fixes it all i don't know i'm just yeah. i don't know you could be you, you could be right very well could be right like maybe i'd be like if i wouldn't have come out against um people portraying their hunting life on social media but just said support the companies that i'm telling you about yeah that, that i would have had been i could have had a bigger impact i don't know or some kind of impact and, and you and maybe you still could you know i, I think um people like i said people are more it's easier to find uh, find friends and find enemies sometimes. You know, if you offer an olive branch to somebody and say, "Hey, here's here's what here's what I can help you with," versus here's what you should stop doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Again, you don't have to listen to what I'm saying, but it's yeah. just a thought that I've had, an observation. So, I was gripping and so, grinning up until not that long ago. You know, it's like it's not like I'm. It's 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 not like. I, uh, it's a holier than thou stance. I think you could find grip and grins of me within the, Oh, within the last five years. Oh, really? I don't, I don't grip and grin. Not because I don't share the impulse to, I want to brag and gloat and all that and draw attention to myself, just like everybody else. I just, I, I just don't see it as good for what I care about, which is publicly accessible, non-pay hunting on the bragging aspect. That's, that's another thing I was, I was curious about. Do you think there's a difference between sharing an accomplishment that you're proud of or sharing something that you've done versus bragging? Did you make a distinction there? It's pretty easy to see that if somebody's showing something they shot to anyone willing to look that that's bragging or profiteering. Yeah. It's, to me, I guess I would look at it like, if I posted a picture of a deer I got and then someone just posted, well, well, here's the one I got. It's bigger. Obvious case of bragging. I suppose maybe I draw a distinction in sharing hunting media or hunting photos as kind of a proud of an accomplishment or possibly a conversation starter towards talking about hunting or telling hunting stories. You know, I, when I see somebody that's showing anybody willing to look dead stuff, I just look at that and I go, there's no maximum amount of people that this person has in mind. The more people that look at what they killed, the happier they will be. And I just, I don't, I think that that's bragging. Yeah. That, that kind of goes back a little bit to the, the whole issue I see with social media. So I agree with you insofar as that's a problem you're going to see with, 
if somebody's really proud that they won a basketball tournament, you know, they might post a picture of them with the trophy and there's no maximum amount of people that they would have in mind. Uh, it's an issue that's all across the board on social media. It's yeah, but it just has more negative like. effects with hunting because hunting, because there's, because hunting opportunity is precious. Yeah. You, and, and I would, I would, yeah, I would you build a, you get build another basketball court if it gets too crowded, you know, I suppose there might be zoning issues with it, but you, you, you could build another basketball court. I don't know. These are the things that I've, that I've thought about, I suppose, um, covered in my, uh, in amount of ground. I've actually, like I said, I'm glad I got a chance to actually talk to you. It's not super common that you may disagree with, a. A, a public figure's opinion and actually have a chance to sit down and voice those disagreements yeah. and talk about agreements and yeah, you know, everything else. Yeah. So, well, Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time. You've asked a lot of good questions. You've challenged me, um, quite a bit. Uh, and, um, I, I, uh, really appreciate you doing this. I, I do encourage you to, to, uh, reach out to, uh, what's the acronym again? Hap. IHAP, I have. Yeah, Iowa so that's something uh, we could yeah. we could do together. You know, you and I could do together to 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 be helpful to access. Maybe is to have yeah. an episode where we highlight that program. So, I'll see if I can. Sh I'll see if I can shoot them an email. That would be interesting to do, yeah. um, and then see if we can have them talk because I'd be interested to learn myself about all the ins and outs of that program. So I would too. Be be, be uh, educational all around. Yeah. And they'd probably like to talk to you. I, I would imagine that they face the same issues against leasing as what you see with block management in Montana with leasing. Yeah. I'd imagine so. I don't I don't know for sure, but they may yeah, yeah. There's a lot of value. Potentially there's a lot of value in 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 uh bringing attention to these little tiny programs like that, you know. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? I'm I'm a pessimistic, I'm a pessimistic person. But 20 years from now, that program could be as vibrant as block management is here right now. You know, I don't know. Well, it's nice to have a program like that in a state where I think it's something like 2% of our ground is public hunting. Very, very minimal. So it's nice to have a program like that in a state like this. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to hear about uh, the issues that they face, whether it's leasing challenges or other challenges and landowners, you know, as well as just all the ins and outs of that program. It'd be interesting to me. Yeah. All right, Zach. Well, thanks for taking the time. Have a good night. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye.